the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Welcome to today's show. Today I have an amazing man of God, and you're going to love him, Rob McCoy. And But I don't want you to leave because the latter part is actually even better. We're, we're in now in Daniel chapter 3, and we're going to talk about, and we've been talking about one of the greatest political leaders that God has ever used on planet Earth. Of course, there's others. There's many others. But stick around, and without further ado, Rob, if you don't mind telling our audience a little bit about yourself, you're already famous, at least in my eyes, if you yeah. don't mind. I don't know, Adam. You're in the book of who's who. I'm in the book of who's he. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a pastor of God Speak Calvary Chapel in Thousand Oaks, California, and I was a former mayor of the city of Thousand Oaks, council member. And uh, I am the co-chair of TPUSA Faith with Charlie Kirk. And um, that's just mo- mobilizing pastors to understand that liberty is not man's idea, it's God's idea. That's awesome. You know, Rob, I came to know you during the pandemic that's what it was and you know we stayed open and I, I i wasn't fearful because you know i've been in prison before so to me it was like yeah. i'll go in there and preach and everybody gets saved but i kept up uh with the rest of the arena of what was happening yeah you have you stayed closed for a little bit and then you opened up and then what happened well, actually, we, we we didn't even close for a little bit. We stayed open the whole time. We, okay, now yeah, let me give you some yeah, yeah. fist bumps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but on um, we we all decided on on Pentecost Sunday to make it you know an announcement, and I think it was Jack Hibbs Jack who Hibbs. wanted to do that. So we joined with him and publicized it. Uh, but we on Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday, which was the Holy Week. Uh, the, the governor said that the church was non-essential. Cannabis distributors were essential and abortion clinics were essential. Liquor stores were essential. Strip clubs were essential, but the church apparently to the governor wasn't. And, and I'm not going to argue about those other things. I do know this. Um, the First Amendment doesn't give the governor the right to shutter the Come church. Come on, brother. Come and on. so uh, we followed CDC standards. We did communion on Palm Sunday and the press descended on us like we were killing grandma. And uh, to the press's credit, they said it was the cleanest place and following the CDC standards of anywhere that they visited. So, um, and our, our sanctuary uh, holds about 350, and it usually takes you know a couple, you know 20 minutes to do communion. It took almost four and a half hours to do communion, wow. and the, the line was around the building. Woo-hoo. So it was pretty cool. You know, that's pretty awesome. Uh, we also had the health department messing with us, and. By the time I finally let him in, because I wouldn't let him in. Yeah. Uh, she's, I'm going to get a search warrant. And I said, you know, you probably don't need to do all that. I feel good. I'm going to let you in. And, and then I, same thing. This is the cleanest church and the same thing. But let me uh, ask you, you never closed your doors. Right. Um, Jack Hibbs announced that. And, you know, there's a lot of churches that didn't open. What's your take on that? What happened? Yeah. Yeah. Uh- you know, pastors uh, by nature are are peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall see God. <laughs> but they're confused. Pastors think that Ooh. peace is the absence of conflict. Come on. And peace isn't the absence of conflict. Peace is the presence of Christ in the midst of the conflict. We're to contend against tyranny. And if the church is the bride of Christ, and you're going to have a governor say the church is non-essential— you know, I've been married to Michelle for 33 years. You, wow, you, you tell God. me she's non-essential, you'll be picking up your teeth with your broken arm. I Woo! mean, I, Come on. <laughs> I, I know that's a little harsh, but that's the way I feel about it. It's just the, the church is completely essential. It's always been essential, and no government is going to shutter the church. And, and pastors wanted to be compliant because they thought that was peace. 
And it wasn't. It was compliance to tyranny. And now they see it. And so many pastors have changed their tune and come around. And I don't fault them for being wrong the first time. It's the second time if they double down and they start doing, you know, vaccination clinics in their parking lot. Now I got a problem with that. Amen. Because now we have the data. Now we see it. And uh, they want us to think that close to 70% of Americans were vaccinated. That's just not the case. It's less than 30%. Amen. That's what I, I agree. And this next time through where they're trying to invoke it again with masks and, you know, I just call them burkas, but they, they try to do it with masks right. and uh, nobody's complying. Uh, there's a couple of people who drive in their Prius with their mask on by themselves. I find that humorous, <laughs> but yeah, that's about it. It is humorous. Yeah. I'm like, nobody's around and you still have people somehow that have been psychologically psyched up and they're still doing the same thing. Well, they, 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 they operate in the context of fear. And, you know, the Bible says God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but Amen. a power, love, and a sound mind. And so I ask people, did you take the, the shot because you believed in its efficacy or you were afraid of losing your job? Because that's Ooh. fear of man, and fear of man is a snare. And, and are, you, are you afraid of the consequences of truth? Because if you do lose your job... Well, really what's at stake is something greater than your job. It's freedom. It's liberty for your children and your grandchildren. And we were at a place where the government was doubling down and trying to frighten people and, and ruin their their ability to produce income for their families and provide for their families. But if you don't speak now, the control that they're going to have over time is going to be even greater if you don't speak now. Amen. And then the other thing I'd add is here we are on radio, and it's not a censored media. Thank God. Woo! Praise and, the Lord. Yeah, and Salem doesn't harness and, Amen. and muzzle anybody. Amen. But the governor said that we could only broadcast via the Internet and then YouTube. I, I have a lifetime ban from YouTube because <laughs> I didn't follow their narrative. Wow. So the censorship is unbelievable. Truth is never afraid of a lie, but a lie can't survive in the presence of truth. And so they have to shudder us, censor us, so they can put forward their propaganda and frighten everybody. We just weren't going to put up with it. Wow, that's amazing, man. You are a man's man. Praise the Lord. God's man. So I have a question. I've seen a video of you, and you said that the greatest mistake that happened with the Calvary movement was what? Well— yeah. Uh, one of the things that I, I did a little bit of research and Pastor Chuck, I, you know, I owe my Christian walk, my I understanding of the scriptures from him verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. I am not slamming Pastor Chuck or Amen. Don McClure or any of these men that have laid down a foundation for me. Amen. And I understand why Chuck did what Chuck did. But let me explain what it is you've you've put forward. Chuck started Calvary Chapel in 1968. And in 1968, California had the fifth largest GDP. Um, Reagan was governor, and we just completed the California Aqueduct, which was a marvel in civil engineering, taking the rainwater from the Sierras and bringing it down to the most fertile farmland in the mm. country. We, we produced more cotton than the entire South combined. That's correct. And yet, but also in 68, we had the My Lai Massacre, the Tet Offensive. Uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. was shot uh, in L.A. by Sirhan Sirhan. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was shot on a balcony of a motel. And wow in Tennessee. And, and here, you know, you, 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 you realize that all the young people had checked out of the church and, and had checked into Eastern religions and experimental dr drug use and ended up awash on the shores of California, burned out. And all of their heroes that had promised hope and change were dead. And, and their, their friends were dying on battlefields, the names you couldn't pronounce somewhere in Vietnam. Wow. And so the nation was being torn apart and, and the warp and the woof of the fabric was, was being challenged. And Chuck comes with a simple idea of keeping the main thing, the plain thing, and the plain thing, the main thing, and teaching the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, brings in syncopated rhythms with drums and Maranatha music, Lonnie Frisbee, and, and all that. <laughs> and and there's the, the Jesus movement begins. But Chuck deliberately stayed away from politics because these young people were burned out. And, and Calvary, since 1968, have experienced 10,000% growth. There's now 1,800 Calvary chapels around the world. Uh, the Harvest Crusades with Greg Laurie, Somebody Loves You Crusades with Raul Reese. And this is conversion growth, not transfer growth. And the lion's share of those 1,800 churches are right here in California because the best mm. surf spots. Yeah. Absolutely. But how has that changed the state of California now 50-plus years later? Uh, preaching the gospel, and they throw the net out every Sunday, to, you know, the, do you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ? Believe in your heart, confess with your tongue, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved to the glory of the Father. And, and they respond to that, and we see conversions. But how has it changed the state of California by seeing that conversion, but not 
participating in the public square, and we'll cover that momentarily. Well, California now, 50-plus years later, no longer has a fifth-largest GDP. We're bordering on the sixth. But we have the highest gas tax, sales tax, income tax, corporate tax. We lead the nation in debt. You combine the next four-largest states' debt, it doesn't equal the debt of California. Wow. We're the authors of no-fault divorce that Reagan signed and became law in 1970, decimated marriage across the country, transgender bathroom bills, a sexual education curriculum of uh, that's you know secular progressive sexual education curriculum. That is so vile you can't read a page of it in church. But here's the kicker. Abortion was legal long before uh, 1973 in That's California. Correct. It was. And it's estimated we've aborted more children because they don't, they don't report their numbers, but we lead the nation in abortion. It's, it's estimated we've aborted more children in the state of California than the current population of Canada. Wow. And we don't just abort the baby. We don't just rip its parts, you know, rip it apart in the womb of its mother and flush it into the sewer systems of the state. We harvest the organs before we do that. We make Nazi Germany look like Girl Scouts. And and my question is to the pastors, where's the power of the gospel in that? Mm. You know, I just preach the gospel, bro. Well, so do I. But but why why are you not to participate in the public square? When I was brought before the judge on contempt charges, the judge said to my attorney, he said, would you ask your client the second greatest commandment? I said, judge, I can answer that. First one is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. The second is to love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets. Judge, I love my neighbor. I love the abused who've been quarantined with their abuser. I love the elderly who've had to die alone. I love the children whose schools have been shuttered. I love the 65% of the small businesses in our county that will never reopen. Where's the voice for them? I do love my neighbor judge. I do love them. And it Amen. comes at a cost. I'm standing before you on contempt charges. Now that's, that's peace because Christ is the Prince of peace and Amen. he's present contending for the welfare of my neighbors. Amen. Wow. You know, that's, you're right. A hundred percent correct. What do you think will change the mindset of, there's still a lot of pastors out there that are even saying to the congregation, we're not going there. We're keeping politics out of the church. What do you say to a pastor that's still of the mindset? We have a lot of pastors that listen to this show right now. Please let them know, Rob. Please. Yeah. Well, I I would say to the pastors out there, you know, he who knows the good to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. And, and uh, we, we know the data. You can't just put your head in the sand and, and think it's all going to go away. You have to know what they did to our, to, to our economy, to our country, to our children. The, the suicide rates for 21 and under have skyrocketed. Uh, it's criminal what's occurred. And, and as pastors, you are the voice and the conscience of the nation. You can't sit idly by and, and avoid politics. Now, they don't like the word politics, and I get it. But Aristotle said politics is the highest form of community because it combines morality with sociability. Listen, if God didn't intend us to be in politics, Adam, he would have never have invented marriage because it's two people having to have ground rules on how to get along and agree with one another so that they can raise a family. You do politics in your family. You do politics in your church boards. Amen. And, and listen, uh, Matthew sixteen eighteen. Jesus goes up to the headwaters of the Jordan in Caesarea Philippi with his disciples. And that's a long haul from Galilee. They get up there, and it's a park-like setting. And I go there every time. I've been to Israel 22 times. You get up there, and every culture that's dominated the region has set up a temple to their god or goddess. So the cliffs are filled with previous gods and goddesses and, and where they were you know, posted. And he gets up there, and the Romans are occupying the region, so they're probably worshiping Bacchus, the god of alcohol, or Aphrodite, and there was probably nudity and drunkenness and revelry. And in the cacophony of noise of pagan worship, Jesus turns to his disciples and says, who do men say that I am? And they go, some say you're John the Baptist, others say Jeremiah. He says, yeah, but who do you say that I am? And it's Peter who says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven, and upon this rock I will build my, and he doesn't say church. That word didn't come until hundreds of years later. That's correct. He says ecclesia, ecclesia. or ecclesia. And, and when you look at the definition of that through etymology, it's real simple. It means city hall or public square. Public it's square. where they contended for the welfare of the citizenry Woo! of the city-state. And then it fits because Jesus then goes on to say, and the gates which enslave, the gates of hell will not prevail. The law, when followed with the moral law, which is a decalogue, and then applied to civil law, will be wise restraints that make men free. Because as it says in Galatians, the law is a school teacher, a guardian to point us to Christ until faith comes. 
So when the moral law is established and civil law is always going to be in such a way that it will govern people and point them to Christ, when you remove the moral law, then the law is no longer the wise restraints that make men free. The law becomes a weapon to enslave man, and the gates of hell, which is governments that enslave, will not prevail. We are contending for the freedom of mankind. Second Corinthians says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Liberty's not man's idea. It's God's idea. And he wants to set the captives free. And he does that by truth. Wow. That is amazing. You know, <laughs> you said something really powerful about the public square. Yeah. And somehow the church has stayed away, as in general, away from it. You do have... You're few here and there, and yeah. and we have Pastor Rob McCoy who faced it head on, which is amazing. How do we change the mindset? Yeah, politics is a blood sport. I mean, it's rough, and you got people who are contending and they backstab, uh, they're deceptive, but that doesn't mean you don't participate. And you go, well, you know, politics is dirty. Yeah, it is, but so is the church. I mean, it doesn't stop me from engaging in it. It's filled with sinners. We're contending for the welfare of our neighbor. And so you participate in it. And and one of the reasons why pastors avoid politics is because they have to be up on all the issues that are pertaining to their their, you know, their, their congregants. You know, how do you deal with transgender bathroom bills? Do you just avoid it? No, you don't avoid it. You have to educate your congregation Amen. to contend for it. Amen. You know, to have one of these little ones stumble, would be better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck, cast in the deepest ocean. You're supposed to be in the school board. This is a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. In the, in the 6,000 years of recorded history, there's only been two constitutional republics that have been committed to God. And you say, well, what's the other one? It's Israel. And you go, oh, I don't buy it. Well, listen. Three to five million Jews were enslaved in Egypt, crying out to God for Mm. deliverance. He sends an 80-year-old man by the name of Moses Moses. who contends with Pharaoh, and he says to Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh's response is, who is God that I should obey him, which is a tyrant. And he doubles the brick output and reduces the materials. And what do the three to five million people who are crying for freedom do? They want to kill Moses. People want freedom. They just don't want to have to suffer or, or, or work for it. But Moses contends because one man and God constitutes a majority. The ten plagues come. Finally, Pharaoh relents after the firstborn is killed. He lets the slaves go with the riches of Egypt. They get to the Red Sea, and he starts to realize he's losing his slave economy, so he sends his entire army after them. God parts the Red Sea, gives light to the Israelites and complete utter darkness to the Egyptians, drowns them in the Red Sea, and gets all the Israelites into the uh, what they call the wilderness. It's a nice way of saying desert. God <laughs> provides water every day, every day, manna every day. He provides quail when they whine about meat, blown off course. The food comes out of their nostrils. Their clothes don't wear out. Their shoes don't wear out. But here's the greatest miracle. Moses goes up on Mount Sinai, and God gives him a downloaded moral app, the Decalogue. And it's one God, no idols, honor the Sabbath, uh, Don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Honor the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Honor your mother and father. Don't commit murder. Don't commit adultery. Uh, Don't steal. Don't bear false witness and don't covet. Ten commandments, baby. And and every child should memorize that and every parent should memorize and every grandchild. Amen. So he gives them the Decalogue and places it in the center of the community. And here's the greatest miracle. Three to five million people live together for 40 years without a police force or a standing army (laughs) because they had the governance of God. First five commandments, our relationship with him, second with each other. And, and when you look at that, you say, well, where's, where's the republic, the representation side of it? Well, Jethro said to Moses, you can't do this. You've got to appoint godly men who are not covetous, who love the law, and point them over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Thousands. Federal, state, county, local. Wow. There you go. Woo, come and the on. United States of America was the first nation to declare the sovereign. In the first three words of the preamble, we the people, we the people. of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union. And the idea is... The Constitution, there's seven articles in the Constitution, and the the Constitution doesn't give us rights. The Constitution binds anyone who would would have our our power, our authority on loan to represent us, and it constrains them in the seven articles so they don't stray and usurp our our authority. And then there's 27 amendments, and anyone who's running for public office who comes to you and says, "Will you? can I get your endorsement? Ask them how many articles are in the Constitution. They can't answer it. Say, you go do your homework. I'm not endorsing someone who doesn't understand the Constitution that protects my sovereignty. Amen. And, and, and study the 27. It is the, it is, it's, not the, it's not a perfect form of government, but it's the best the world has ever known. Amen. Boom. You know, we have a, 
an educational center at our church. We started it during the pandemic. We have my, my two little girls, and we're teaching them all the basics. We're teaching them the Constitution, and and I think it's the greatest document ever written to mankind outside of the Bible. I and, think the Declaration of Independence is pretty cool, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's pretty powerful <laughs> as well. And, you know, we're having this event on November, uh, October 28th down at the beach in Oceanside. Holds about 3,000 people. I've... I'm, I'm starting to get the Spanish church to be part of this. We have like five, five of them coming, five churches. And it, it's something powerful when you start opening the eyes of people that are, oh, I never knew that. Yeah, they come from, they come from countries that are, they, they have despots. They, they have tyrannical leaders. So, yeah. And, and for them, it's like, wow, freedom. Freedom. Yeah. And, and that's amazing. Um, you know, you're part of, we have like five minutes left. Okay. You're part of a of Turning Point USA. Careful. It's TPUSA Faith. And and we're we're Dr. David <laughs> Come doc, on, Let me help you. Doctor Doctor David Jeremiah here in San Diego is a good man. And he's had Turning Point as his moniker for years. He has. And there's there's a little bit of an argument now just trying to figure it out. And we want to honor him. Um so we're trying to figure out what we're supposed to do with that. But <laughs> right now let's just go TPUSA Faith. TPUSA Faith. You're part of that, yeah. and I love it because I, 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 you basically ran the show at the pastor's conference here in San Diego. Tell me your role. Tell our audience your role. So when I met Charlie, uh, I was at a conservative radio program. He actually considered you his pastor. He says that, yeah. He's, <laughs> wow. he's precious. Um, I officiated his, his wedding. and But I met him at a conservative radio uh, station at event that they had in Ontario, California. And he said, I didn't know a guy like you exist. I said, what's that? He goes, a pastor in politics. I go, I didn't know a guy like you exist. He goes, what's that? I said, a young man who's got the largest conservative movement in America. And then our paths crossed and we became friends. And I started to realize this man loves the Lord. I said, Charlie, how many churches do you speak at? He goes, I've never spoken church. I go, you're kidding me. He goes, no, churches don't want me. I'm political. I go, you're coming this Sunday. He spoke in our church. He hit the ball so far out of the park, it's still going. I've never seen him nervous in all my life except for when he was behind that pulpit because he honors the pulpit. He reads his Bible every day. He's Amen. prayerful. He is a good, good man, good husband, good father. And and I turned to him one day. He said, how do we reach pastors? And I said, instead of sending our reps out to connect with the pastors, bring the pastors into an event where we bless them and their wives and put them up in a nice hotel. And then we let them meet their reps. And then we start to provide for them a buffet table that they can do biblical citizenship classes. They can do, you know, uh, voter registration they can do they can train poll watchers they can do it and we even have the calvary or we even have the turning point academy a, a bunch of things that they can they can reach and, and we we want to provide pastors with all that for one simple reason they are the beacons of liberty and and they're the ones that if they don't see that vision then the people will perish the people will perish you're absolutely right you know we are the salt yeah. Of the earth. Moral preservative. Preservative. We are the light of the world. Yep. What's going to happen when the church is gone? Uh, yeah, that's, that's called hell. Hell. Yeah. So, you know, hell is the absence of anything pertaining to God. No restraining power. No restraint. Yeah. We have a few minutes. I'd like for you to just encourage our listeners. And again, we have a lot of pastors listening and. Just a lot of people were, you know, Hawaii is listening now. Yeah. They had their fires. Yeah. Give them a word of encouragement, please. Yeah. Pastors, God hasn't, as I said earlier, hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And there's no weapon fashioned against you that's going to stand. And, you know, you are immortal until God's done with you. Stand in, in that boldness as a lion and contend for the welfare of your city. Contend for your neighbor. Do the right thing. You know, you're not in charge of the outcome. You're in charge of the obedience. Mm. Don't worry about the consequences of truth. Just tell it. Woo! Did you hear that? Just tell it. Get involved, church. You just heard it from a man that could have probably went to jail, a man that stood strong and is still staying strong. And it is an incredible honor to have had you on the show today, man. I love you. I... I I'm glad you're here, man. You blew me away. Yeah. And I am just excited. And I know that God has so much more for you, Rob, and Pastor Rob. And, and I am just, I feel, I feel honored. 
and I'm glad I can call you my friend. And Likewise. for me, it's a blessing. And I know that God has so much more. And I, I personally believe there's a window of opportunity that is still open. Amen. And, and I, I believe that's especially, I believe that especially because of where we're at in our politics right now and, and where our founding fathers brought this nation from. Right. So again, Rob, thank you. We love you. You better not go away. We will be right back with the word of God. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you in a few minutes. In Jesus' name. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at Bistro at the Pier. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Woohoo! Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas. You know, we left off on Daniel chapter 2 and then today we're picking it up in chapter 3. And as you know, Daniel was the one of the greatest political leaders of all time. And for some of you that believe that the church needs to stay out, let me tell you something. The governing, the government needs to stay out of the church. The church needs to be involved in the public square. And I believe Daniel's a perfect example. You know, I want to pick it up in, in, in Daniel chapter 246 so you remember what position Daniel was catapulted in. 46 says this. Then the King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshipped Daniel. Imagine that. A foreign king begins to worship Daniel. Actually, it's more of a reverence that he's doing because he knows something. And commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet odor unto him. The king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is that your God is God. How will people know that your God is God? Listen, you're a Christian. How do people know that Jesus is God? How do people know that you worship the creator? Then it it continues and it says this. Your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, the revealer of secrets. Seeing thou couldst reveal this secret. Remember, he told them his dream about this large giant statue that he had built and it's crazy but remember he told them the head of gold is you you're the one that's representing this statue then the king made daniel a great man listen a secular king a secular leader made daniel a great man and gave him many gifts and made him ruler listen made him a ruler over the whole providence of Babylon. That's why if you know God, you should be involved for such a time as this. And if you know someone who's involved in politics, find out what they believe. If they believe in the God of the Bible, they believe in the God of the universe, they should have your vote. They should have your support. It says this, and made him ruler over the whole providence of Babylon, the chief of the governors, or all the wise men of Babylon. Then Daniel requested of the king, and he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the providence of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. Did you get that? Daniel has this high position. But listen, Daniel didn't go out and just said, oh, I'm now the man. I'm going to be in charge. Look what he does. He calls his buddies who 
He knows our men of God. Listen, you should be raising men of God that know their constitution, that know their preamble, that know the Declaration of Independence, that know the affairs of America. Listen, you, as well as I, know that America has been a beacon of light for the world. I can guarantee you if America falls, the world falls. And it is up to you to raise up other men. Don't just look at yourself, but also say, hey, look at what about him and what about him? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he put him over the affairs of the province of Babylon. Wow. Here, let's start chapter three. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold. You know, it's interesting that he did this, but let's continue to read. Whose breath was three scorched cubits and the breath thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Duro in the province of Babylon. He made this image. It was this image that stood out. It's going to stand out in the presence of everybody. But look what Daniel does. It was all gold. You know why it was all gold? Because he looked at himself as that that head of gold, but he saw silver and he saw the other metals that it was made of. And guess what he's thinking? My kingdom is going to last forever. This should have been all gold. He soon forgot what Daniel spoke to him about. But look, then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, sent to gather together the princes of the governors and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the province to come to the dedication of the image with Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Listen, at this point in time, somehow Daniel is not in Babylon. He must have went out on on a king's business and, you know, he had great power so he could easily have been on vacation maybe, went to visit family members that may perhaps were scattered abroad. Whatever the situation was at this point, because we really don't know, there's been a lot of hypotheses that have been put out there. But right now we want to look at things biblically. At There's, there's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and somehow they didn't show up to this meeting. They're like, we can't be part of this. And then the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the providence were gathered together onto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. You know what the statue reminds me of? It reminds you of the statue in Revelations chapter 13. And, you know, the statue is a little different, you know. And it makes a lot of sense when I think of that statue now in chapter 13 of Revelation because somehow the statue begins to talk. And people are are in awe and they're blown away by it. And a lot of, if not all the people begin to worship except for those that have been sealed by God at this point. But as we read this, he, it's all gold now. He's in defiance of what Daniel had told him. You're only the the head. You are the beginning of these kingdoms that Daniel spoke to him when he revealed his vision, his dream that he had had that no one knew. He never even shared it with his own people. He says, you tell me what I dreamed. And remember, they're all freaked out. How can we tell you what it meant? Only God could actually reveal a dream that no one else knew. Then a herald cried out aloud to you, is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the succubus, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you shall fall down, you shall fall, fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. You know, at this point, it, it I have this mind that says we're headed in that direction where this could possibly happen if God doesn't intervene in the affairs of America. And a lot of you say, it's impossible. All we need to do is just worship the Lord and stay in our churches and read our Bibles. You need 
to get involved. And here the story goes even further, and it gives us a better explanation as we continue to read. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sack, the sackbut, the psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. You know how easy it is for anybody to begin to worship an idol? They're like, no, I'd never do that. Do you know what just happened in America? Do you know what we just went through and still going through when the government said you couldn't go into a store without a muzzle on your face? There were cities like Los Angeles that were not allowing other people to come in if they weren't vaccinating, showing vaccination cards. You know, I warned our church about this and said, don't do it. Let the science speak for itself. Don't do it. I had some people that left the church, but you know, that doesn't matter. I'm a watchman. I'm someone that believes that God is on the throne. That I'll worship him before I worship anybody. People believed the lie. And they believed the lie because we've lived in this amazing country where all of our rights have been protected because of what our founding fathers did and what they laid down, their lives, and fought hard. There's a lot of bloodshed that's been shed for this country. But everybody at this point when we're reading Daniel, falls down and begins to worship. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sukkah, the psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, the languages fell down and worshiped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. Wherefore, at the time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. You know, when I read that, it always blows me away. You know why? Because <laughs> Jews are really Chaldeans. Do you guys remember Abraham, whom God called out of the land of the Chaldeans? Follow his genealogy. Follow the Jewish genealogy. But somehow the Chaldeans had disregard for the Jews at this point. Disregard for these people whom they were directly related to. They spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, has made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, that suck but the psaltery, and the dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. Look, church, this is probably something you don't really have to worry about. But there's coming a point in time when there is going to be this massive, massive idol that's built where, where people will fall, fall down and worship this idol, the church will be gone. It's called the Great Tribulation, and people will begin to worship it. This is insane. You know, I want to tell you what a lot of scholars believe that this is a typology of what happens after the church is gone. Some people believe that Daniel somehow represents his church at this point because he's nowhere to be found in this story. But this is what's wild. And, and I want to bring this to you is that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, let me read verse 12. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set up over the affairs of the providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They, were, they serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. They're saying, listen, they're not bowing down. Now, a lot of folks believe that this represents the majority of the Jewish people, the state of Israel, because as we know, as a whole, Israel has not accepted Jesus as a Messiah. What's mind-boggling to me is that you can read all over in Proverbs. It talks about the sun. Psalms, get the sun lest you die. Uh, Isaiah chapter 
the end of 52, all of chapter 53, that it talks about the suffering Messiah, and somehow they skip over it. But they believe that this is a shadow of the Jewish people that are are left here during the seven-year tribulation, whom Daniel calls the abomination of desolation. And what we see from Revelation chapter 4 and on, where the church is missing. And so here we go. 13 says this, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image what I have set up? It's a question. Are you serving our gods? Are you bowing down? Are you gone astray and not serving my gods? It's a good question for the church. Who are you serving today? Do you go to church and serve the creator? Do you serve God or do you go for a show? Because the time may be upon us where everything is completely turned upside down. 15 says this, that if you be ready, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, suckbutt, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image where I have made well, but if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fire furnace. And who is that God that should deliver you out of my hands? How soon he forgot whom that God was, the revealer of dreams. He had said a second in command who's absent at this time, perhaps in a different country, out on a mission, maybe visiting family, we don't know, represents the church. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are there. Who is this God? It's the God whom Daniel proclaimed to you. 16 says this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. It reminds me of a New Testament story when they're preaching, uh, the apostles are preaching, and when they get arrested and they end up being incarcerated and after being released and they're speaking to him, then and what they commanded them was this saying, Did not we straightly command and behold you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intent to bring this man's blood upon us? Then Peter, this is in chapter five of Acts, then uh, verse twenty nine. Now then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. Listen, obey God. I don't have all the answers, and obviously some of you don't have all the answers. We need to obey God rather than man. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. It is better to serve God. This is exactly what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are doing. Listen what 18 says. But if not, if he doesn't deliver, if our God doesn't deliver, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are saying these be it unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. We are not going to defile ourselves. We're going to worship the king of kings and lord of lords. Woo! That is word. Listen, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas. As we're going through this powerful book of one of the greatest political leaders that love God, serve God, and now we're seeing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are doing the exact same thing. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, 
and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's looking at them bad now. He's giving them the stink eye. He's giving them an eye that they're like, whoa, what are you doing? Therefore, he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace seven times more than it was want to be heated. He wanted to make French fries out of them. He wanted to make steak out of them. He wanted to kill them. I know that sounded kind of uh, like, hey, this isn't a jokey matter. It isn't. And I need you to wake up. We need to wake up as a church. We need to serve him rather than man. And he commanded, verse 20 of Daniel chapter 3, and he commanded that the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. See, God is warriors, his, his macho men, his men that served idols, the men that could care less about God and grab these men. Then these men were bound in their coats their hosen and their hats and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men and took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king was astonished, was astonished. This is why he was astonished. Listen. And rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto him, true, king, yes, O king. He answered and said, lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no herd, and the form of the fourth is like what? Boo-hoo! The Son of God. Boom! The Son of God. Jesus himself. I know there's a lot of people that don't believe this is Jesus, but I'm going to tell you, I read my Bible, and it says Son of God. Or other translation would say a Son of God. He was none other than the angel of the Lord, than Jesus Christ coming to the rescue then Nebuchadnezzar came near, look what it says, the mouth of the burning furnace, and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, come forth, come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth to the midst of the fire, and the princes, governors, and the captains, and the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, no power over them. The, somehow the, when they were tied up, they burnt off, but no fire or singed hair was on them, nor was the hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Blessed be the God of Brian. Blessed be the God of Job. Blessed be the God of Bella. Blessed be the God of Talia. Blessed be the God of Rob McCoy, blessed be the God of Cleta Riojas, blessed be the God of Adam Riojas, and has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yield their bodies that they might serve nor worship any God except their own God. They stood, and the king was astonished, was blown away. Therefore, this is what the king said, make a decree that every people, nation, language, which speak anything amidst the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. And listen to this. Do you want to get promoted by God? Do you want to get favor by man? Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the providence of Babylon. Woo! That's the God that I serve. That's who excites me. The God of politics. The God who runs the world. The God who sets up and brings down kings. The God who wants you to be involved. The God whom saved me. The God who hung on a cross. The God who says, call unto me. And I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. Jesus loves you. 
Wife, will you close us in prayer? Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you, Father. We thank you for the word, Lord God. We thank you for this time to just hear your word. And Father, we just pray for uh, Pastor Rob McCoy as he continues to to rally more troops, Father God, across America. And we just lift him up and we pray for protection and over him and his wife and his family, Lord God, as he continues the great commission in Jesus' name. We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. And we're excited to have you back next week. If you don't know Jesus, call on him. Jesus, save me. I want to be yours. If you backslide and say, Jesus, I want to come back. Help me, God. And if you're already enriching, get out there and get involved and obey God rather than man. I want to remind you as well, listeners, October 28th, we have an amazing event at the Junior Seau Ampa Theater in Oceanside, California. God bless you. Woo! And we'll see you next week in Jesus' name. Love you. But God loves you more. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.